most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Slobber Knocker Audio is on the air. I'm Jim Ross. Who the hell else will be sitting here in Culver City tonight? recording this broadcast, except me and producer Ted. We're holding down the fort here. We're running an empire. And, uh, of course, the Californians out here are crazy about the Dodgers, more, more of them than not, seemingly. So that's the, uh, talk of the talk of the town right now. And that's the news from Los Angeles. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. I, did, I was here doing uh, voiceovers for Access TV. Uh, one of the matches we call was uh, Cody... And uh, Omega and Ubushi, the uh, triple triple threat match for the IWGP title with, that we voiced that over this week, Josh Barnett and I. So I've had a fun week, a good week. It's going to be a fun show as well. Right now, you know what time it is. Time for Here's What's On My Mind. Man, it's been a crazy week. As I said, a, a fun week. But I, I've got to get something off my chest. Uh, I feel like I'm obligated to... Update folks on the rumor of me and others getting involved in a promotion. I am going to break the news here tonight that there will be a new promotion. I will be involved in it. Uh, I have some thousand heirs that are also looking to uh, invest in my new idea, the World Domino League, where we kill double sixes like a bitch. So uh, we shake the bones in the JR's World Domino League. And this day, too, with more information coming, which is about as absurd <laughs> as the rumors last week on all this data that was compiled. Jesus mighty. Oh, well, fun stuff. I, I should give these, I, we should get all those guys hooked up with Paul O'Brien while writing Slobberknocker 2 and get some, uh, some, some, uh, some storyline ideas or something. And maybe these guys are so creative that if there is a new promotion, maybe they'll be hired as writers. Yeah, that ain't too likely. Uh, also, I want to mention that uh, com has our products in North America. Uh, great to order fulfillment, customer service, etc. And I just talked to some of the folks in the North Carolina today at Ingles, I-N-G-L-E-S, Ingles Markets. And uh, they're going to let me know exactly when all of our products have been delivered to all of their stores and are on their shelves. Then we're going to do a little contest about that. So uh, keep your eye on that and your ear to the ground, as they say. You hear me? Because my feet covers the ground I walk on. Ernie the cat lad. Uh, speaking of the, the cat, the cat's meow, as the girls used to say. The next live stage show with Jerry the King Lawler, and I will be in Cleveland. Uh, at Hilarities Cleveland. So Saturday afternoon, December the 8th, a little afternoon uh, matinee show. Two o'clock's the meet and greet, the VIP meet and greet. Uh, the show starts at 4 o'clock. Uh, Q&As, stories, humor. Uh, we have a lot of fun with these things. Because, you know, hell, a king of my age, you never know when you're, what's going to be your last one, for God's sakes. 
I said all the time, tomorrow's not guaranteed, so we're going to have some fun with this thing. And the bottom line, as Stone Cold would say, is that tickets go on sale this Friday, kids. This Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time at hilarities.com. So, uh, hope you'll join us. Uh, and uh, the uh, general mission tickets, the regular tickets, start at 35 bucks. That's pretty good value, I think. Uh, also, I'll be joining the King for a rare photo opportunity at a con uh, type event. The WrestleCade is getting bigger and bigger by the day, it seems like. And that's going to be a hell of a show out there uh, in uh, North Kakalaki. I'll be there with the King on Saturday, November 24th in Winston-Salem. Uh, and I'll be signing with the King from 10 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon. Come get your picture taken. We'll sign your memorabilia. Have a great time uh, in, uh, in Winston-Salem at WrestleCade. Get all the information you want at russellcade.com. Well, it's almost cruise time. I've also, I gotta, I'm getting my, uh, my abs painted in. I'll be the most buff fat guy on the boat, the ship. And I may even get an enhanced banana hammock speedo. Thinking about it. Probably not. Uh, but I am, uh, thinking the, uh, the spray tan like abs would be funny. Except they're just uneven. One's hanging lower than the other. It's a bad thing. So the cruise is around the corner. We'll see how that all works out. I'll show there'll be plenty of video, for God's sakes, on the cruise. TMZ must be relishing this opportunity to get all the dirt and all the salaciousness that they can. And there could be. I talked to the king uh, today before I recorded, and we're all laughing about going and his his girlfriend, uh, Lauren, on Facebook wrote that she was so excited about going and the Bahamas and all that. Didn't even mention, the, didn't even mention Jerry, I don't think. She might have. So I said, uh, when I talked to him today, I said, I started to answer Lauren's post by saying, does Jerry know you're going? I don't think she thought it was funny. Uh, Jerry did. So we're going to have a lot of fun there on the cruise. Uh, Chris Jericho, cruise.com. Uh, there's some, I know they're going to have some, some of that is covered by the fight app. I, I'm sorry. I don't have all the details on that, but you can get that at ChrisJerichoCruise.com for sure. Uh, we're going to have our books there. Uh, Senor Rafael Morphy, the Cuban Richard Lewis will be there, uh, ramrodding our massive sale of books and t-shirts and uh, sauce and jerky, all kinds of good stuff. So we'll have it on the, on the ship with us. That's why it's really should be known as the slobber knocker at sea. God, it sounded kind of cool. And now slobber knocker at sea. Uh, so we did a lot of things on the, on the cruise. Jerry was talk, talking to David, our, we have, we are going to do the sail away toast. <laughs> he doesn't even drink. I'll be snocker before we get started because uh, this is the way things work out with me sometimes. The uh, Sail Away Toast, J.R. the King. <laughs> oh, my God, it's at pool deck. Uh, I, I better not get dunked. I'm going to be pissed. So I mess up my rug. So it's all kinds of activities. Uh, Westwood One uh, on Sunday, the 28th of October, uh, we'll be recording a Talk is Jericho podcast uh, with the King and I. And Chris, on the pool deck, that son of a gun owes me some audio. He owes me money. Barnicky. Stripes, one of my favorite movies. Barnicky, he owes me money. 
This thing is star-studded, man. We should get some good audio if I get off my ass. For those of you that have inquired, because I threw it out there first, I'm getting a little cancer surgery on Thursday, uh, having some more skin cancer removed from my shoulder because there's just such a little of it left, but you want to get all of it. That's for darn sure. So I'm getting that cut out on uh, Thursday. That night, I'm going to be working with Sean Grandy with the, on the Celtics radio network against uh, the Celtics versus the Thunder. Don't like the Thunder's chances on that one. Sorry, Hoopsters. Uh, and then on, uh, uh, then I fly to Fort Lauderdale on Friday. Hey, this is no hill for a stepper, as my granny would say. Don't worry about the mules, folks. Just load the wagon. Hey, if I get on that damn boat, ship, whatever you're supposed to call them, and they ain't got ginger beer, I'm going to be the most pissed off bastard around. Really, I'm serious about this. I mean it. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say something about, oh, Jeff Cobb's here today. You know, he's, we talked about Jeff last week. Jeff will be on the show today. Really intriguing dude, man. A really intriguing dude. And I remember the first time I saw him, it was one of, at one of uh, uh, Jerry Bostick's world-class revolution shows uh, in Dallas, I believe. So, uh, very impressive young man. We'll talk to him later today. I enjoyed my trip down to uh, Fort Worth with the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. In their friendly confines, by the way. I wasn't arrested. I was just riding down. I ride along. They didn't let me handle any guns. I didn't do any, didn't turn a siren on. Well, that one time it was an accident. Uh, but nonetheless, had a great time there because obviously my Sooners won, which is why I had fun. Yeah, I'm a bandwagon riding, Learjet flying, barbecue eating son of a gun. That could be a new shirt. But you know what? If I went back and tried to say the same thing right now, I just got these saying, ain't never going to happen. So if you recorded it, have at it. Uh, but a big week for the Sooners. And what a week in college football, huh? What about Purdue? Good God almighty. They would, they, they would, they would shed the whole God dang uh, Ohio State football team. Would shedded their ass. And uh, I got a little story to talk to you about that too, a little bit later in the show. But in any event, it's just one of those perfect nights, man. Everything was feeling all right. So feeling all right. Not feeling so good myself. Uh, I, my singing sucks. I probably, if, I, if I wasn't the, the boss of the show, I would probably fire whoever it was. Stop the goddamn singing. So uh, college football is very implosive. You never know. I'm serious. You never know. I, Alabama should not lose this year because I think they're that much better than everybody else. However, I would take a prop bet in last lost wages, Nevada, and say, I think Alabama loses one just because I feel like the odds might be in my favor. They can't be undefeated every year. And there's some good teams on the NEA. How about Georgia? How about LSU? I think if I, somebody did a movie of me, I think I'd want Ed Orgeron to be play JR. He, we're kind of chubby guys, distinctive voices, ruggedly handsome bastards. So uh, keep your eye on that uh, football. I missed my OU's homecoming this weekend against Kansas State because I'll be on the cruise. Uh, I mentioned I'll be uh, sitting in with Sean Grandy and Cornbread Maxwell. 
and on uh, Thursday night. So if you're a Celtics radio uh, listener or NBA radio on Sirius XM, uh, where my friend, my good friend, Dave LaGreca, rides herd on Bust Open Radio and gets it right because he's still a fan of all that I respect and appreciate. But uh, if you check out Sirius XM, you might hear my call with the Celtic side on uh, Thursday night. I'll probably do a quarter. I got to pace myself, man. I got to get up the next morning and go to the airport to leave. So it uh, should be fun. But a lot of fun this weekend with that. And I look forward to seeing Sean. Good dude. And I, by the way, uh, just on a personal note, and aren't we always personal here, uh, My one of my favorite TV shows returns to the screen this Sunday. The sixth season of Ray Donovan commences. That's badass television. This week on Access TV, a really cool match, man. This was a fun to voiceover. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazushiko Okada. Uh, the Wrestle Kingdom challenging rights are at stake in this match. It is brilliant. It is Rembrandt on a very coarse canvas. Really good stuff. Uh, by the way, tickets for Wrestle Kingdom 13, uh, which will uh, be on Friday, January 4th, the day after my birthday, kids. Just a hint, hint. Uh, you just send all your gifts, for preferably in cash, small bills, just to Jim Ross, Norman. They'll get to me. But the, t- the event is on Friday, January 4th at the Tokyo Dome. And uh, the tickets on sale to foreign fans, as it says here. Hope that's right. If not, producer Ted or Raphael, the little Cuban Richard Lewis, will have a come to Jesus, come to Jesus match. <laughs> come to Jesus. Sometimes I just make myself laugh. Uh, tickets go on sale this Thursday, October 25th, uh, Japanese Standard Time, 10 a.m. This makes any sense to you, but if you want to go to Wrestle Kingdom, it might be a cool trip. I believe because there's so much wrestling around that Wrestle Kingdom date, in Tokyo, where you don't really have to leave town, a pretty damn cool uh, start to the new year for a wrestling fan. Different food, culture, architecture, and wrestling. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, I, I'm kind of excited about how that will all go down. I think I know, but why should I tell you uh, how the November 3rd event in Osaka is going to be when Chris Jericho defends the uh, Intercontinental title against evil big card there and so uh i just called some matches this week with there with josh barnett at the access studios all the great people there and as i mentioned uh and the chris joko attack of evil uh ensued very well done the only thing i would have probably suggested if you really want to heat it up just a little bit of uh crimson I don't think his face needs to be a crimson mask, but uh, 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 Stardust himself, bleeding from the arm. Gordon Soley. Uh, I should not to say Gordon Soley. If the damn imper- pers- if the impre- impersonation is somewhat accurate, most of you will get it. For those that don't get it, you don't give a damn. If you get it or not. I enjoy it. Uh-uh. The giant pack song, man, with a claw on the American dream. I like to do this to help out my 
fellow brethren in the wrestling community. So quickly we go, galloping along around the wrestling horn. MLW uh, just announced two consecutive nights of BN Sports TV tapings in Miami, Florida. Take me to Miami on Thursday, December 13th and Friday, December 14th at the Miami Scottish Rite Temple. Park Place Auditorium. Tickets on sale now, I'm told. Uh, not a bad weekend also for a wrestling fan that's spending in South Florida. Going to watch a couple of days worth of wrestling. And also remember, MLW is going to be in Chicago at Cicero Stadium on Thursday, November the 8th. So check that out, MLW.com. Impact Wrestling announced they're going to be hosting TV tapings in Lost Wages, Nevada at Samstown Casino for three nights, Sunday, November the 11th through Tuesday, November 13th. Another good getaway opportunity. We should have a travel sponsor on this program. What the hell is going on in the sales department, for God's sakes? Oh, I got that off my chest. I feel better. Uh, Ring of Honor, going to present the Sea of Honor Tournament. The Sea of Honor, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's come to. It's going to be on Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling Razor at Sea. Of course it's going to be on Chris Jericho's Rocking Razor at Sea at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. I know that. But I'll always be known affectionately, ladies and gentlemen, as the slobberknocker at sea. I tried to watch the NWA's uh, 70th anniversary show Sunday before I left uh, to come out to Los Angeles here. And I uh, really liked the card, but I could not get my the fight out to work for me, and that has never happened. So my, my success ratio with the fight app and wrestling and, and pay-per-views has been very good. That was the first time that I can recall that it went south on me. As uh, Coach Royal said one time in a baseball game, when I went out, he had a pitcher. I was up in front of a college baseball game, and this is Daryl Royal's brother, and he comes out to me uh, or goes out to the mound to check on his pitcher. Pitcher's all over the place. I was the home plate umpire. And he said, uh, he changed the pitchers, and he said, he walks over to me real close and whispers, my little pitcher got the limber tail on me. The limber tail. I use that sometimes, but it happened. It really was a real moment in my life. Bring a tear to a glass eye. I wanted to watch the show. Uh, the crowd looked great. I thought the lighting was deplorable. Uh, I, you know, just, I was so much looking forward to it. When I couldn't watch it, I was like a little kid. I was disappointed, a little bit like a, some of our young millennials now. I was pissed off because I can be defiant. I deserve it. I'm 25. So, uh, the big plans to the NWA as the year goes on. Uh, you know, Billy Corgan and David Lagana have done a real good job that, with the help of a lot of people in creating an awareness again for the NWA. And I, for one, hope they have great success. There are, you cannot have too many really well-run pro wrestling franchises. And there's such a wide diversity and such a wide spectrum of what you could do if you had the controls of a ship that sails pro wrestling, so to speak, 
there's room for a lot of different things. That's just my take on it. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had two episodes, two-parter with uh, Matt Hardy. Great shows. Great numbers. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. But uh, we talked about the uh, his project. is really a, a labor of love. Uh, on the WWE Network, the House of Hardy Halloween special. So uh, it's going to debut on the network this weekend. Check the listings on WWE Network. And, man, let me say something. Stop here for a second. There is no way that I believe you can be a great wrestling fan. As far as great, meaning I'm informed. I, I study the past. I look at the future. I enjoy features. I enjoy getting to know the athletes better. If you don't have the WWE Network, I don't understand you. I believe it's affordable. I really do. And, man, the, the, we got an offer for you here that's just phenomenal. Uh, you know you know what? The, the WWE Network is an a online video streaming service. And with that, you can stream every, every WWE pay-per-view live. That doesn't mean all of them but WrestleMania or all of them but Royal Rumble and, and SummerSlam or whatever. All of them. You can watch more than 10,000 hours of video on demand. You can get all the good old JR you want. You get a look behind the scenes at WWE's groundbreaking original series and documentaries. I love those. I love those. Uh, you get access anywhere, anytime, on any device, folks, including game consoles, TVs, phones, tablets, and computers. Can I make it any more clear to you? You're a great wrestling fan. You want to watch wrestling for all the generations, from various promotions, learn the history of the business, learn about the great superstars that you've heard mentioned. You can see them. Uh, check it out, the WWE Network. And now through October 29th, here's the, really the payoff of this thing. Anytime you book a match, you gotta have, you got to have a, pay, a finish in mind with a payoff. And the payoff of this deal is real simple. Through October 29th, you get a special offer just for our listeners right here on the show. Yeah, being tested. New subscribers get a two-month free trial when they sign up for WWE Network at wwenetwork.com slash jr. Can you do that for me? Two months free for you at wwenetwork.com slash jr. Hey, and don't forget that Evolution is this Sunday night, and I can't wait to see that. I'm trying to figure out. I'm assuming what I'll do is set in my stately uh, room <laughs> on, on board ship, and uh, I will probably get my the Wi-Fi kicking. I'll watch WWE Network thanks to the Wi-Fi, and I will watch Evolution in my room with my iPad. How's that? How's that for exciting Sunday night at sea, kids? I have my pajamas on, warm milk, you know, you know, a couple of massive chocolate chip cookies, things like that. Evolution, all-female, first-time ever, all-female pay-per-view event. I say this, if I was booking the show, I'm closing with Charlotte versus Becky and the last woman standing, except for there is a, there, there is a mindset by some wrestling people 
that those finishes are oftentimes so inconclusive. And, you know, how do you top the last thing you just saw? It's, it's kind of, they're, out, they're disjointed because they're, they break all the rules. You go outside as long as you want. You can bounce around, take bumps outside, which I don't, I don't encourage. So they're sometimes hard to structure. And what do you leave the audience with? So I think the show will close with Ronda Rousey, the big star, uh, and rightfully so. They're going to make her Austin. Uh, I think that Ronda Rousey is going to be in a whole world of her own here sooner than later. She's damn sure taking the right steps. So I think Rousey and Nikki Bella close the show on Sunday. And, uh, and Charlotte and Becky, the first ever last woman standing match, will probably be one or two matches back. So you start the show hot. I mentioned before, I start the show with uh, Trish and, and Lita's tag match uh, with Mickey and Alexa Bliss. Producer Ted's got a picture of Alexa. He knows who she is. It's on his ceiling, which is a little creepy. Uh, so anyway, uh, check it out uh, this weekend, This the evolution on Sunday. So just remember that the deal is located right now, waiting on you, two months free. All you got to do, www.network.com slash JR. I'd like to get credit for some of these orders and get mo business, mo business. And I thank you, for, seriously, I thank you for your support. So if you're going to watch the WWE Network, and why the hell not, do it through our link. That's all we ask. And thank you. You know, TV this week, uh, the major televisions of, you know, the, on the WWE side of things, uh, Raw and SmackDown, to me, they were completely overwhelmed by Roman Reigns' announcement on Monday night that he was suffering from leukemia. It's weird sometimes in our lives in wrestling where we think we've seen everything, something pops up or something comes along once or twice in a career, maybe once in a lifetime, that creates an event or a moment that can't be replicated with auditions and scripts and rehearsals and walkthroughs and things of that nature. Uh, the fact that WWE allowed Roman to come to the ring and make this announcement in his own words, and I assure you they were in his own words, uh, what I thought was very admirable. I think fans love that. Uh, we talked about the uh, behind-the-scenes things, the documentaries and all the great things on the WWE Network, and there are. But man, oh man, when a guy can walk out there without a script and speak from his heart about something so serious as uh, leukemia, I didn't know Roman suffered from that uh, illness. He's been battling it 11 years. We all have been touched by cancer, some shape, form, or fashion. It's a badass piece of business, man. And everything that we can do, like the Susan G. Coleman Foundation for Breast Cancer, we should do. If you could donate a couple of bucks here and there, be a volunteer, find ways to help, it's important. So all we can really do is hope and pray in our own way, in our own mythology, our own, our own religious beliefs, whatever they may or may not be, and send positive thoughts to a brave young husband and a father. He's daddy to other people, you know. He's daddy. And daddy's sick. 
So we can only hope and pray that uh, Daddy gets well. And I think that he will. I really believe that he will. Great DNA, great heart, great passion. If he if he, he can will his way to, to, to good health with today's medicine and his, his ability to push forward in the face of every adversity. And that, ladies and gentlemen, most importantly, is what's on my mind. You know, guys and gals, I'm very happy that uh, 2K19 is one of our sponsors here in the program because I have friendships there, Bryce Yang and a bunch of his, his crew. Uh, I spent a lot of hours with those cats uh, doing voiceovers with the king. Even, even down to Memphis, that was some of our, my most fun trips was meeting uh, all the 2K guys uh, and, you know, Steve and all the crew and, and having our barbecue and laughs and telling stories. And so it's, it, the company holds a special place in my life for that reason. Not to mention, in full disclosure, I made a lot of money uh, voicing over the video games, just to be honest about it. Uh, and then one year, I was a playable character. When you are a playable character, you're printing some money. I love that. It was it was money. I, it was money I didn't even see coming, and just that's why I guess you could easily look at WWE to find out why they have the most opportunities. It's just the structure. But uh, the WWE 2K Deluxe Edition, folks, as you know, is available now. Uh, if you get, you can visit www.2k.com uh, to get yours. And the headline says, never say never. Nothing could be more true about this because, first of all, you get over $100 in value. You get your copy of WWE 2K19. You also get access to bonus characters uh, like Ronda Rousey, Ray Mysterio, Mr. 619 himself, including uh, the WWE 2K19 Season Pass and access to the Woo Edition bonus digital content including Rowdy Roddy Piper, Big Evil the Undertaker, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Kids, Macho Man, oh yeah, a Mr. Personality, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the American Dream himself. Playable characters plus the 83 Starcade Arena. This is cool as hell. Hey, if I was a kid and I had free time being an only child, and I had this in my house, and so those, those ugly little ass army men I took outside and blew up with firecrackers, uh, they were the enemy, of course. Uh, I would play this video game daily. I, mean, I bet there's some people listening that says, my kid does play it. It's horrible. Yeah, you're just jealous because he could beat your ass in, huh? Uh, uh. Hey, uh, also remember that the uh, 2K Showcase, another pretty cool option. You get to relive the incredible journey of WWE superstar Daniel Bryant in the 2K Showcase. Uh, you know, his, he had his career-defining moment in the main event at WrestleMania 30 to his heartbreaking retirement to a triumphant return in 2018, all told through the words of Daniel Bryant. Complete objectives to unlock playable characters, attires, and arenas. I also like the My Career component of the video game because you can experience high-stakes matches, talk smack to your opponents, and shape your My Player's career path as you strategize your way to WWE glory. 
An original story voiced by WWE superstars, including recent guest Matt Hardy, for example, makes WWE 2K19 the best my career experience yet. And by the way, folks, the massive player roster is something to behold. It really, it truly is. Uh, I think uh, there's over 200, over 200 playable characters. It's amazing. And, man, they come from every facet of your WWE uh, lineage. There's Legends. There's Stone Cold, The Rock, Andre the Giant. So many more. Then you got more of the Today Stars, Nakamura, Strowman, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. <coughs> sorry. And AJ Styles, for example. Over 200 of these dudes. Now, if, if you are as good a booker as you believe you may be or could be, if given the opportunity, why don't you try it on the old video game circuit first and uh, use those matches to build yourself a little territory and give me a reason to want to watch your show. It's all available, kids, right now uh, at uh, very easy to locate, www.2k.com. That's how you buy your 2K Deluxe Edition. Never say never. You're never going to regret it, I promise you. It is the video game of the year in my eyes. I really think that uh, spray tan on those abs is a pretty good idea. I think it will be. And then, hey, this is a very uh, this is a very challenging scenario for me. You know, I, I'm going to be on this this lovely ship. I'm sure a lot of beautiful people are going to be there, and I haven't done anything like this since I became a single man. This could be a whole goddamn sitcom. Not a bad idea. Let's think about that. Uh, but right now, it's time for Slobberknocker of the Week, brought to you by my book, Paul O'Brien's book, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling. Amazon.com. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, one of this, this guy's been on this list every week, I think, since uh, football season started. The Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I saw this cat in Lubbock play against Baker Mayfield when Oklahoma went down to visit uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Little did I know that he was going to be this great. And, and here's why. The only thing I did know was that he only had the opportunity to throw deep. That's what he wanted to do. And he had a cannon, like silly, silly arm, silly guy. Uh, but he's, a, he's, a, he's going to be uh, extraordinary. I hope he's, thank God, knocking on wood right now, he stays healthy. He's fun to watch. And you can tell now that with all the embattled NFL issues over the last three or four years especially, you know, the Kaepernick thing and other stuff, you know, concussions, lawsuits, and whatever, uh, he, he, he takes you away from that because he brings an enthusiasm to the game that I enjoy uh, living vicariously through. Uh, also, recent guest of this program, at that time, he was the NWA champion, uh, Nick Aldis. And now he's the NWA champion again after defeating uh, Cody uh, Runnels, Rhodes, uh, in a two out of three fall match this past Sunday in Nashville at the N B N NBA, I started to say, the NWA 70th anniversary show. Nick's a real good representative for that brand. Uh, he looks like a great athlete because he is. He seems to be very reliable. He seems to be very, very fundamentally sound. He married very, very well. So 
I, I like Nick Aldis. I can see him doing big things down the road. Uh, you know, uh, the ageless Jamie Lee Curtis comes to mind on Slobber Knocker of the Week. You can take that any way you choose, you dirty-minded little bastards. Jamie Lee Curtis, because, uh, first of all, she's taught the last weekend's box office, Ageless, with the latest incarnation of the Halloween film, uh, a role that she starred in 40 years ago, kids, in 1978 in the original. Uh, and here's why I remember that. I remember Jamie Lee Curtis's career, not for that, for the breast shot in Trading Places. It startled me. I was not prepared for partial nudity. But boy, I'm glad I saw it. Producer Ted gave me the idea that uh, I should recognize former Oklahoma University basketball star, a wonderful hoopster, Trey Young, who's a Atlanta Hawk now, plays uh, for the team my good friend Steve Holman broadcasts for, the voice uh, of, of that. I need to get him on the show sometime. His stories about some of those dudes would be hilarious. He's, 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 he's called more games than I think he works by himself than any, anybody you can imagine. Great guy. I love Steve. He's really good friends from, to me when I was in Atlanta uh, working for Turner. And uh, Trey hits 35 last week in one game, 11 assists. Hey, you don't you don't want to get him in a game of a mule. He'll fire you up, man. And then finally, the Slobber Knocker of the Week, I, I saw this on television on Saturday morning before I went to the stadium with the Sooners to play Texas Christian. I carried with me the ESPN game day feature that Tom Rinaldi did so beautifully of the terminal cancer patient Tyler Trent. Yeah! Tyler up there in Indiana, big Boilermaker fan, Purdue fan. He was at the game. He was on the sideline. And he saw his team, his beloved team, uh, overcome massive obstacles and a much more talented Ohio State team that was one of the top probably two or three favorited teams to win uh, the college football playoffs. So this kid saw a dream come true. And uh, I his image... And his courage when he got interviewed after the show, after the game, was so beautiful. And uh, it just makes you glad that you're you're healthy. And it makes you even more proud that there are people on earth that still have the balls to fight through adversity. So Tyler Trent, a great fan of the Purdue Boilermakers, is this week's Slobber Knocker of the Week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Son of a bitch! Well, it's the time of the show that uh, I really look forward to because I get to ridicule more people in official capacity. Pet Coon Goofy Award Time. Now, you guys know the origins of the Pet Coon, right? That I found a baby raccoon when, it, in my, when I lived on the farm and I was about eight, 10 years old. I tied it up around the neck and staked it to the ground so it would be like a pet. I knew it was going to fall in love with me. He was never going to bite me. He was never going to claw me. He was going to love me like uh, the little pet raccoon like I saw on Disney. Well, the little bastard almost tore me up a couple of times. And my dad said, son, you know that if you tie an animal like a coon up 
and restrain the movement, uh, they'll go goofy on you. I said, what do you mean? I mean, the son of a bitches are pet coon goofy. So I use that a time or two in my my career. Uh, but I, I uh, this has got some, there's some interesting candidates this week. For example, I don't know who's responsible for the production at, uh, at the NWA 70 uh, on fight. I have no idea. It, we all have bad nights. I was so, well, the good thing about this is that I was so much looking forward to seeing that show when I couldn't. I wanted to hear Cornette and, and Tony Schiavone, Jimmy Cornette and Tony Schiavone together. I look forward to that. So I'll uh, catch up, no doubt. But I really felt that the uh, that was a bad thing. And the two things is you're going to do a wrestling show. If you're thinking about folks investing money in a wrestling show, you've got to have great lighting and you've got to have excellent audio. I must see what you're presenting. I must hear what you're presenting. Don't try to overthink that. And that was one of those scenarios where there's a lot of details to cover, a lot of boxes to check. And sometimes, sometimes along the way, uh, somebody drops the old ball. So uh, also, you know, I've become a big fan of the Cleveland Browns because Becker Mayfield's there. And the King and I are going to do our show in, in Cleveland the, the Saturday before the big game with the Carolina Panthers. And yes, we'll both be going to the football game. Uh, Hilarities.com, tickets are going to sell this Friday, by the way, uh, for that event. Hilarities.com, Hilarities. It's, the club is called Hilarities Cleveland, by the way. But man, these guys have got to finish, they got to learn how to close. You know, you got to have multiple people stepping up or wanting to step up or wanting the ball, demanding to make a play, whatever it may be. But they need to be able to close. I know it's easier said than done. It's the magic of Bill Belichick. It's the magic of Tom Brady. And if my wife was listening to the show and she was home, when I got home, she'd scold me for mentioning Tommy Brady's name on my podcast because he broke her heart too many times because she was a Steelers fanatic. So there's that. Browns, you got to learn to close, baby. You just got to learn to close. Everybody should be dying to make the, be the next playmaker. Uh. I hear there's issues in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room. That may be about as accurate as uh, uh, some of those other rumors we've been talking about, heard about. I don't know. All I know is the Jaguars have been a fierce defensive team that intimidates others. They have ceased doing that. And like just like any other team in the NFL, college football, the Pee Wees, whatever, Pop Warner, you go about as far as your quarterback will take you. That's what football is structured that way now. The rules give the advantage to the uh, passer, the advantage to the receivers. Games change, folks. You, the quarterback ain't your guy. Good luck. And that brings us to this. Our good friend, Rajon Rondo. Thought he was Tetsuya Naito. And it's fit in the face of Houston Rockets' Chris Paul. Are you kidding me? What are you, eight? Are you an eight-year-old billionaire, millionaire? Come on, man. Spit on him. What could, that, what could Chris Paul have done so abysmally evil for you to spit on his face on national TV? 
cost you three days without pay. That's a good chunk of change. I think it was, something like that. Three games without pay. But that's just ridiculous. There's, I'm making a rule right now. When I start my next promotion, aside from the dominoes, it may be uh, vertically challenged hoopsters. Nobody in the league over four feet. I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, but there'll be no spitting. There's no spitting in basketball. There should be no spitting in wrestling. Because if you do, you're just liable to be a little bit pet coon goofy. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! We're getting a lot of feedback and positive feedback as well. Thank you. On our next segment, This Week in Wrestling. I've always enjoyed looking on Facebook, where I am, by the way, at Jim Ross BBQ on Facebook. And looking at uh, a lot of these old cards that are, are posted on there. And uh, just, you know, kind of going back in time, letting your your mind, your imagination uh, take you for a little journey. I, I love that. I think that's probably what intrigued me about wrestling to start with. Because I kind of got it young and I wanted to, here's a better idea. So I was second-guessing people and doing my own booking even when I was uh, didn't know what the hell was going on. And maybe that's the case today. But be that as it may, kids, 29 years ago, Philadelphia Civic Center, uh, it was the very first Halloween Havoc. I broadcast the event from ringside dressed as a gangster. And uh, my broadcast partner was the one and only vampire who looked like Michael Keaton, Paul Heyman. So uh, we had a lot of fun. He was very easy to dislike, which is one of the great compliments you can give any villain in any form of sports or entertainment. They're easy to dislike. So uh, that was a fun night. Uh, this card was packed, overbooked as usual. Nobody got unbooked. So what you do, you throw a whole bunch of matches on, and some of them go four or five minutes, and you call it a day. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, the main event that night was not an ugh. A Thunderdome match featuring Bruno San Martino as the special guest referee. Don't think that worked out so good, by the way. Uh, and the team of Ric Flair and Sting with Ole Anderson. The congenial Ole Anderson was in their corner, kids. And they defeated the team of the great Muda and Terry Funk. Why, you son of a bitch, Ole. I'll, I'll call my brother Dory. And we'll brand your ass. Can't trust a Muda. You can't trust a Muda. Did you hear what I said? You can't trust a Muda. Okay. The great Muda and Terry Funk had Gary Hart in their corner. There's a lot of highly skilled, big time talents doing a variety of things in this match where it would give you the justice and the reason to watch it more than once. Watch the different roles. Watch what people were doing when they were not. The focus of attention. And see how they got over and they stayed over. Even though they weren't always in the primary frame. I like this one. Uh, Producer Ted uh, threw this at me. I like it. 20 years ago, October 25th, 1998. Madison Square Garden. 
$18,000 plus on hand kids. Thought a nice house. I don't know who booked it, but somebody must have got it right that day. Uh, great show. I remember this really good. I, I, I really do because uh, Ken Shamrock was in a three-way for the Intercontinental title against Vader and uh, Mankind. That was wild. Everybody able to express themselves. and You turn the horses loose and let them go, man. Uh, and then we had the New Age Outlaws. They retained the tag titles against uh, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Uh, X-Fox on there defeated Jeff Jarrett in a, by disqualification, I think. By, and why we would we do that? Why would you have X-Fox wrestle Jeff Jarrett for the European title uh, in an event in Madison Square Garden and do a damn DQ? Why would somebody like me, who booked the match, allow that to happen? I'm ashamed of myself. But nonetheless, 20 years ago, and the main thing for this show for me was the fact that it was the first time that the Hardy Boys worked in Madison Square Garden. That was big for all of us involved in that process. Bruce Pritchard was there. Jerry Briscoe, a lot of a great team that helped assemble those talents over the years. And uh, the Hardys are no exception. The thing that struck me, and I mentioned this to Matthew the other day when he was on the show, is that he and Jeff uh, got on the sewing machine and designed their own wrestling attire. I can't darn a sock. Well, 20 years ago in 1998, Hilton Hotel in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, the NWA's 50th anniversary show how about that just celebrate their 70th looking back at number 50 a lot of talent on that card my good friend dr death god rest his soul was a was a 14 man uh wwf dojo battle royal that featured guys like kurt angle and babu i thought babu was a character on seinfeld had that restaurant across the street uh andrew martin became test Dr. Tom Pritchard became Dr. Tom Pritchard. Tiger Ali Singh became a mess. Sean Stazet became a chiropractor. Just throwing it out there. 20 years ago. And by the way, the main event was Dan Severin retaining the NWA World's Heavyweight title against Stephen Regal. It was a fun night 16 years ago. October 26, 2002, Manchester Arena, Manchester, England. Now, you know, people say, do you remember this match? You remember, do you remember when he said this or whatever? No, more often than not, I don't. And I don't say that in a being a, a tool way. You, you do a lot of this work, you know, like today as we're recording this, I have voiced over three shows today before coming here to do another two or three hours worth of work. So all that in my feeble-ass mind, overloads my cylinders. As Bobby Heenan would say, I need to replace my bushings. So therefore, I don't remember everything that I'm asked. Here's what I remember about Manchester. Uh, Rebellion 02. Really was a fun weekend on a lot of fronts. Let me tell you why. I remember Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson and I walked from our hotel in downtown Manchester to what they call Chinatown. 
and we found the greatest Chinese restaurants in plural. That it's like a utopia. It, it really it was you know you walk around thirty minutes go eat again you know what the hell. But it was great. I remember that uh, very very well, uh, and I remember that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman defeated Edge in a handicap match. Lesnar retains the WWE Championship. Interesting thing, huh? Interesting thing. Uh, I also remember in Manchester because the David Boy Smith grew up there and Tommy Billington, I think it's in that region, the, the Dynamite Kid. We, the, the card, the, book, the booking was uh, Angle and Benoit returned the tag titles by defeating Chavo and Eddie. My God. What a match. What a match. Check that out. Really, seriously. WWE Network's where you got to go, right? We talked about that. WWENetwork.com slash JR. That's all you need to know. You hear me? So, uh, the good news is, much like my forays, playing like I'm a cow on ice as a wrestler, we did not have to see Heyman in wrestling tights that would have blinded small children dogs would have howled at the greatest talker in the wrestling business today in tights much like mine you might say we both look like we had a litter of pups well it was nine years ago on a crisp cool night in pittsburgh pennsylvania melton arena october 25th 2009 folks uh, they had a bragging rights pay-per-view and they presented a bragging rights trophy. Uh, and this was about a week, almost a week, after my third bout of Bell's Palsy, which really tried to kick my ass. When you got to learn to speak again for the third time, to any passable degree, you're already worried about your appearance because you're fat and, you know, and you're an okie. You know, us Southerners are not very smart, according to some folks in big-time business. So uh, I was on the IR again, thinking that was it. I was probably done. And I damn near was. Probably all intent and purposes was. But I missed, it, missed the event. But I was given the coveted bragging rights trophy from Team Smackdown as a get well gift. As silly as it may sound to you because the bragging rights trophy was a prop in a fictitious presentation. I thought it was kind of cool. So I watched that at home in the comfort of my own home. So I appreciate that. That was a fun night. That was a good card there, too. Uh, the four-way match I thought was extremely amazing. Uh, fatal four-way match for the, uh, the world title. Undertaker retains, defeating Batista, CM Punk, and Rey Mysterio. How's that murder's row? I'll take those guys to go on the road and outdraw anybody. It's a great group of talent. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. President. President Jack Tunney. It's not his birthday. I don't know where that came from. It's irrelevant. 
but birthdays, this list of birthdays for this week is very eclectic. It's very unique. And you'll see what I mean. As we record this on Wednesday, the late Juanita Wright. You guys remember Sapphire? She was the dream as a, his manager, valet, whatever. Uh, she would have been 84. She got a nice extended cup of coffee for being Sapphire. She was cast in a role that the head honcho perceived as a viable role. Did I love that presentation for Dusty? Nope. Superstar Bill Dundee, one of the, he did a great job booking for Cowboy Bill Watts. Uh, Bill and, and uh, Jerry Jarrett and the King worked out some talent trades. You know, we got Ricky and Robert. Watts put the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette together. So, uh, but Bill Dundee came in there and really, at the beginning, really wanted to wrestle. He finally got in the ring some. Uh, Cowboy was not overwhelmed with it for whatever reason. I think, basically, he just wanted the booker to take more of an active role in talent development and uh, mentoring, things of that nature. But Bill Dundee on Wednesday is uh, 75. I saw him the other day to some uh, post on Facebook with he and the King. I can say this. It could have been easy catching this photo sponsored by Hair Club for Men. Their hair was blacker than Johnny Cash, I promise you. On Thursday, a uh, former tag, uh, tag team mate of both Ron Simmons and Terry Funk, as well as one-fifth of Al Snow's The Job Squad, uh, Scorpio, Charles Skaggs. Charles, very talented dude back in the day. Uh, and Vader had a big hand to getting him booked with us. Uh, Charles did well in Japan and very athletic guy. Uh, so, also former European champion and a two-time hardcore champion, Perry Saturn, we 52 on Thursday. Happy birthday, Perry. Hope he's not carrying that moppy thing that's still around. That, that got a little crazy. Uh, Rosa Mendez, boy, is she hot. How about like donut grease? She competed in the 2006 edition of the WWE Diva Search. Rosa Mendez's birthday is on Thursday. On Friday, former NWA World uh, Tag Team Champion with his brother Don, the late Ron Wright would have been 79. One of the great talents of all time. Just about as charismatic as anybody can think of. The Universal Heartthrob, Austin Idol, 69 on Friday. He's a big-timer, too. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, 69. I love Kevin Sullivan in a lot of roles, but nothing was better than the Varsity Club. It just worked. It was it was believably plausible. Former WWE Light Heavyweight Champion Taka Michinoku is 45 years old on Friday. I saw Taka the other day introducing uh, Zack Sabre Jr., it was absolutely hilarious because he does it in his broken English. <laughs> it's great. So, talking Michinoku, happy birthday, buddy. Kai and Ty, great uh, cruiserweights. A fellow by the name of uh, Philip Jack Brooks, you may know him as CM Punk, 
He'll be 40 years old on Friday. And now let the rumors begin. He's only 40. I heard on JR's podcast. He's young enough to do more wrestling. Of course he is. But I don't think that's what he wants to do. Leave the guy alone. Let him enjoy what he wants to enjoy. Much like I'm going to enjoy being on this cruise. My special design banana hammock. Uh, so CM Funk is 40. Uh, Bobby Fish is 39. Bobby's talented dude, too. I like Bobby's work. On Saturday, uh, WrestleMania 7 alum, President Trump's ex-wife, number two, Marla Maples, will be 55. You know, I, those, those women must have got a huge divorce settlement with massive dis, uh, no disclosure clauses because they don't say do do with a mouthful. Marta Maples, beautiful girl. I think she's in Georgia. 55. Hey, she's in my demo. What the hell? Hey, Marla. Uh, the first male to win the WWE Women's Championship, and this is important to know. For all barroom trivia drinks, the first male to win the WWE Women's title is the one and only Harvey Whippleman. And good old Harv, as loyal as loyal can be, will be 53 years old on Saturday. Good guy. On Sunday, Iron Mike Sharp would have been 67. And I can guarantee you, when he got out of wrestling, he had more unwrapped Packages of toilet paper than anybody in the world. He would bring toilet paper from the arenas or the hotels and take it with him on the road. So the time the tour was over, he literally would have dozens of rolls of toilet paper. He may have had a toilet paper phobia. I don't know. But I'll say this for Mike. It's better to have too much toilet paper than not enough. Look at it that way. Happy birthday to my friend MVP. He'll be 45 on Sunday. Two-time WWE U.S. champion. So he's very busy. And boy, if anybody should do a book or a book or a movie on a life of a wrestler, MVP's your guy. Look, Google it. See what I'm saying about the, his time in prison. It's amazing what he's made of himself with not a very auspicious start in that respect. Christy Hemming. So gorgeous. Uh, she won the 2004 WWE Deed Research. She'll be 38 on Sunday. She looks like she's about 25. And uh, former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Rocky Romero. A nice guy. 36 years old on Sunday. On Monday, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff will be 69. Had a bad hand dealt to him health-wise. Tough, tough man. I love what Bill Watts and he did together in Mid-South back in the day. Uh, Paul's a hell of a hand. And man, what a tough son of a gun. Around Tampa, you talk to the old-timers that know, and they're alive in that generation, nobody screwed with Paul Orndorff in the day. And he's an outstanding running back as well. And then on Tuesday, we wrap it up with a former 10-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. The late Danny McShane was one of Leroy McGurk's top rivals. Danny McShane never met a blade they didn't like or hard ways. He'd love to be busted open. It made for great press and great pictures. And he would sacrifice to, first of all, well, to get some sympathy and to work on top where he made more money. Wink, wink. It's easy. 
I've heard a lot of stories about him. Uh, I love this kid. His mother and I are friends, or oh, friends, sure. We're uh, fans, I was trying to say, of the Eagles. That's kind of how we bonded when I first was going to sign Adam Copeland. And uh, he'll be 45. Well, Edge, Hedge, Pat Patterson calls him Hedge, Hedge. Uh, and uh, I thought he was outstanding on the uh, SmackDown 1000 show that I was not invited to. That I stayed home. <laughs> oh, shoot. Shut up. His interview was great. It was a great segment with those ladies. And I'm very, very proud of Adam. The man he's become, the family man, the great father. He's got a wonderful wife. Who, by the way, uh, Beth, his wife, is going to be on the broadcast team this Sunday at Evolution that you can see on the com slash JR. Get two months free, baby. Don't think I don't take care of you. That's all you got to do. Pretty simple. And uh, that's this week's birthdays. I enjoy this segment. I enjoy celebrating the lives of people that are are on the radar for whatever reason. And uh, remember, kids, I got the cake. You've got mail. Still to come, uh, my conversation with Jeff Cobb, who I think is uh, just going to be a amazing star uh we'll talk about this but his promos may need a little work but man oh man there's something special there for that kid big time athlete we'll talk to jeff cobb uh still to come here tomorrow, just a matter of fact in just a few minutes but right now it's time for the mailbag and uh i want to hey look i've been getting a lot we get a lot of emails producer ted says we're doing great in the email side uh, it's uh the jim ross report at gmail.com the Jim Ross report at gmail.com suggestion for the show, uh, guess questions you'd like to have answered communication. That's what we're looking for here. The Jim Ross report at gmail.com from uh, Philip dancer in Kent, England. Philip, we thank you for reaching out. Just want to say, I love the show and I've been a massive fan of your commentary and contributions to wrestling over the past 30 years that I've been a fan. Obviously, your unique style of commentary will always garner most praise. I believe it was your time in talent relations that has given us the biggest impact that continues to this day. That's nice. It is nice. Uh, my question to you is this. If you could pick a dream announced team, past or present, to call one last WrestleMania with, who would you have in the booth alongside you? Well, I probably would have, uh, if we're going to do the three-man thing, which just seems to be the, the trend. Just because something is a trend doesn't make it right, for the record. Uh, but probably with a three-man booth in mind, uh, the King and Paul Heyman. And I would have the backstage interviewer adding some spice to that role and maybe a caustic, probing James E. Cornette. And then somebody's going to say, but you chauvinistic bastard. You don't have a female there. Uh, lighten up, Francis. Just wait. Got to hold some things back. Of course, the female will be involved. Uh, from Chris Counselor. 
Jr. with the debut of the new NWA national title, do you personally have a design or championship that is your favorite? I said this before, uh, not in a while. I'm just not a big fan of that the culture of pro wrestling as race to titles. The older, uh, by, by and large, the better. The less gaudy, the better. Classy, timeless, those type things all come to mind. Uh, the old vintage NWA title belt was really cool. But I'm just not a, I'm not a belt guy. I'm not a, I'm not a strap guy. So you can say strap on the show. I got the strap, sold out crowd. I've led fans on their feet. They love me. This is from uh, Jamie Holloway, a programming note delivered to us on the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. Just as you have the opportunity to do if, and when you choose, uh, JR really enjoyed the podcast. My most memorable call of yours was when Cowboy Bill Watts was attacked by Terry Gordy with the Oriental Spike. Ooh. Ooh. I get chills thinking about the Oriental Spike. I have enjoyed your work from Mid-South, the UWF, the NWA, WCW, and every other promotion known to man. <laughs> okay, I had that last part. Uh, I think a cool subject each week would be for me to relive a different classic match and my call from your history. Well, I could I could go back and pick out a match and go back and watch it and give you some feedback on it. I could do that. But having any of my natural, my audio on there, I don't think is legal. It's very iffy at best. And so if I get crossways with the, the biggest dog in the yard, don't make no sense. But thanks for the idea. It's not bad. Uh, Dan Withers is in North Yorkshire, England. Hello, Mr. Ross, sir. I'm a fan from the UK. As an early teenager, during the Attitude Era, your voice is truly the voice of my youth. I apologize, Dan. The wrestling scene here in the UK is booming, it is. And for one, I could not be happier. How do you see WWE using the likes of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, both of whom I believe to be huge future stars moving forward? I think you're right, Dan. I think uh, there's nothing to hold Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate back. Ten years ago, you could have said they're too small. Now, I'm not even saying that was even accurate because I was raised in a junior heavyweight territory led by Danny Hodge in Oklahoma back in the day when I was a kid. One of the biggest thrills of my life, folks, is going back to call the uh, NXT TakeOver event that featured Pete Dunne and uh, Tyler Bate. Killed it. It's, when I tell you that in my mind's eye, that match between those young, two young Brits stands out among the thousands of matches I've called as one of that elite group that you just, maybe it's because I was going back. I, I, didn't, I was on barred time. Uh, I didn't think I had that many more matches left in me in the eyes of some, which is all cool, man. But to be able to call that match, be at that place at that time, I thank Paul Levesque for that booking. And uh, I'll never forget that. So, yeah, those kids are going to be stars. And I think that you'll have a WWE champion from uh, uh, a British world champion as well. Would Drew McIntyre be considered a British world champion? He's not. He's Scottish. All right. I said that. I corrected myself now. Don't go crazy out there. Come on, Mel Gibson. Take it easy. Lighten up. 
So, uh, oh, here's some. I got one more, one left. I'll get Brandon in here. Brandon Holmes, you made the cut. Hey, JR, thank you for being the voice of my childhood and figuratively singing the lyrics to the music. He's been listening, hasn't he? I appreciate how real and down-to-earth you are on the podcast. There ain't no other way to be. Phony bastards get exposed. Trust me. What kind of advice do you give somebody such as myself trying to make it in the wrestling business in 2018? Well, Brandon, here's the problem I got with that question. What the hell are you looking for? Are you a wrestler? Manager? Announcer? I don't know what you want to do. You, you want to be the next Klondike Bill on the ring crew? I don't know. Uh, seriously, experience is the way to go. Get experience in any way in the field you think you want to be in uh, and as much as you can. And if you're looking to say, well, I, I had a chance to volunteer to do some ring announcing, but the only one to pay me $5 a night, and I had to put the ring up and you're not willing to do that, then you're really not willing to pay the price and pay your dues to get to the next level. So uh, figure out what you want to do and try to find some practical experience, even if it isn't in wrestling. And, and as a matter of fact, it, it doesn't really need to be in wrestling, depending on what you're going to do. So uh, that's what I would do. And and I thank you guys for the all the suggestions and the, and the feedback. You know, you guys are a big part of this podcast family we got going here. And you're important to us. So reach out anytime. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. It's always great to talk to the hot young stars in pro wrestling. And certainly Jeff Cobb is one of those individuals who's lighting it up, as they say. And Jeff, I welcome you to the show. And thanks for taking time to join us. JR, thank you for having me on this show. I've been wanting to be on this for a while, and I'm happy to happy to be aboard. Where are you talk? Where are we talking to you from? Where, do you live in Vegas or LA? I live, yeah, I live in Las Vegas. Nice place. No state tax, right, bro? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, just the little summertime is a little sometimes unbearable, but thank goodness for the air conditioning. Yeah, where, uh, I, I, I'm wondering because you, on TV. <clears throat> If, when you're on Lucha Underground, you certainly look Hispanic. You know, you're, 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 you do. You, I, that's crazy, but you do. And uh, but I, you, we discussed this. You're Filipino. How did you get from high school and with a as a great amateur? Because that's a full time gig right there. How did you get from the amateurs and make that transition? Who encouraged you, or who was the forerunner to get you from the amateurs into pro wrestling training? Well, uh, JR is actually the other way around. Uh, pro wrestling got me into amateur wrestling. Um, really? As a kid, yeah, as a kid, um, uh, Hulk Hogan was definitely that larger-than-life character. You know, I, I said my prayers. I, I bought his multivitamins, <laughs> and I did, I did all that fun stuff. Um, and then transitioned to uh, high school. Uh, I saw a flyer for wrestling practice, and I said, well, shoot i've always wanted to be a wrestler and pretty much like i was i wasn't a really a bright kid so <laughs> I, I thought it was pro wrestling so i signed up for it and showed up and i i did not see one ring at the time like i was very very sad but i mean i stuck with it so you uh were you a big kid strong stronger than other kids in your class um i don't think i was a big kid like if like in elementary school i got picked on a little bit 
uh, I was a, I was a smaller kid. I was kind of a runt. Um, I got, I got like a late, late growth spurt. So our guest is Jeff Cobb. You can follow him on Twitter at real Jeff Cobb. What kind of traveler are you? Because, you know, I've always, the guys that go and tour like you do that work new Japan date or work someplace else internationally, then work a variety of Indies, work the ring of honor, uh, you know, Lucha underground, which I know is a unique setting, unique taping schedule. Are, are you, do you consider yourself a good traveler? Or are you still getting better at it? Uh, I think I'm a, I'm a okay traveler. Um, I found like for packing wise, I'm, I think I do really well. Uh, just like I've noticed the more I travel, the less my, uh, me being around people, fuse get shorter and shorter. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just try to, I try to keep to myself and just put my headphones on and just tune out the world sometimes when I travel. Well, you know, uh, one of the, one of the most things that blew me away uh, the most when I was a, uh, when I was getting in the business was the dressing room lawyers. And so somebody would say, don't pay any attention, kid. And I always love to be called kid. Uh, you know, it was a long time ago, the seventies. And they said, don't, don't pay attention, kid. He's a dressing room lawyer. And I thought, you know, being so damn naive, uh, uh, it's the same way I thought about a Broadway. I, I sort of first, ref, first match I refereed was a, a 10 minute Broadway. And I asked one of the guys going to the ring, what's a Broadway? I, they didn't smart me up. I didn't know what a broad. I thought it was some kind of New York match, you know, a Broadway. It was a 10 minute draw. So the same thing, uh, I think on, uh, uh, on, on the, on the, this travel thing I was trying to get to that really separates a guy in your position from being happy and successful is how you travel. And you already hit the nail on the head and, and hanging with the guys that aren't downers. And because unfortunately, no different than wrestling, it's no different than showbiz, any other form of show business or sports. It's a, a it's a it's a hill and valley of emotions, and I don't like to be around those guys in those valleys, man, because they just bring the whole damn thing down. So you're smart about that, but I think you'll find out too uh, how much how little you can pack, and it will make you and you can make it through a, a long tour, like a week or ten days or something. You can you can actually do that if you're if you're good at doing your laundry in your room. Oh yeah, I, uh, my first tour of Japan, I I gravely underpacked, so I I was doing laundry every every couple stops. So I, I learned my lesson. You know, the old trick of that is uh, uh, we're talking all kinds of stuff here, but one trick of that is uh, if anybody's listening, is you you can wash your gear in warm water and soap in in your in your bathroom in a hotel, then you can take out a great big bath towel, shower towel, the biggest towel you got in your room. And uh, and roll it up, roll your your wet clothes up in that towel, and then twist the hell out of that towel. And a guy like you could twist it very easily. Uh, I'm gonna have to hire somebody to do it for me. But nonetheless, you uh, you twist that towel, and it's almost like voila, your clothes are dry. But it's it's close to that because you you twist all the moisture and all the excess water out of your garment. Then you hang it up. Oh, over the next morning, you get up. You got a clean shirt or a clean pair of pants or clean in your case clean tights or singlet right yeah i'm gonna try that i'm gonna try that on my next uh on my next weekend getaway that's how you drive man that's <laughs> you get the biggest towel in the room roll your stuff up in it to make a little like a little uh throw pillow or something a little round thing and then twi- just twist the hell out of it now i had there were danny hodge was my roommate a lot of times in the 70s and of course he could break pliers and apples and all this stuff that's grip so he enjoyed punishing the towels 
and squeezing the life out of the water that was left in my referee shirt, for example. So uh, you learn all these little things, man. It's kind of funny how they stick with you. You mentioned New Japan. Uh, last time I saw you in person was with New Japan in uh, Long Beach. How has that experience been for you? And is it everything you thought it was going to be? Uh, just working with New Japan in general, it's been yeah. above and beyond what I thought it was going to be. Like I've heard stories of how great it is, and um, having the opportunity to be there is just—it's—it's it's, it's surpassed it by like a, it times a million. And I, I just love being there. Like the fans are great, the company's great, the employees are great, the wrestlers are great, like the food's great. So everything is is wonderful there. Good. That's good to hear because that's where it starts. You can't be, you, no matter what you're getting paid at some point, uh, no matter your compensation, if you don't feel like you're, uh, getting utilized in a business with a short shelf life, it can get very, very frustrating and very demoralizing mentally, quite frankly, because you'd see that the old sand going through the, your hourglass, you can't reverse it. Father time's always going to win. You know, it's like, it's like I said somebody to somebody last week about, the hurricane in, uh, in Florida, uh, you know, mother nature don't do no jobs. She goes over, she goes over every time without a doubt. So, uh, I, I've heard that the new Japan locker room is what makes it different. I've never had some, give me your rendition or your, 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 uh, thoughts on what makes that new Japan locker room different. And because you've been in the ring of honor locker room, you've been an independent, lock, all these locker rooms. And all of them got a personality. They all got their good things. They all got their bad things. But what makes New Japan so good compared to the others you've uh, visited? I just think, I mean, it's the same, like, even at the Ring of Honor locker room. Like, I just think everybody's on the same page, and everybody's aboard the same boat to to ship the, to steer New Japan in the, in the correct direction and Ring of Honor and whatnot. Like, just everybody's on board. Like, everybody's on the same page. They know what's going on it's for the good or greater of the, of the company. So I, I, I just like that. Like there's no egos. So it's, that's, that's always a plus. Who's on that new Japan uh, roster that you would love to work with sooner than later that you haven't worked with. Oh, gee. Um, def- like on a one-on-one setting. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be stupid not to say like Kenny Omega, um, Okada. Uh, I would love to work with Naito. So those are some of the three guys, or the three biggest guys that I have yet to work with. That's got to be a, a great anticipation. Fans love that too. You know, fans love that because when somebody hears this, they're going to say, "Man, I can't wait to see Jeff Cobb and Kenny Omega fight." That's going to be a great contest. That's going to be exciting, and it would be, no doubt, because you guys have got different styles, but you're both very athletic. But uh, you know, it's always interesting to me. The story to me as an as an announcer is uh, how will Jeff Cobb use the size and his strength advantage uh, to negate the quickness and the technique of Kenny Omega. And you do that with physicality and you ground his ass. That's how, if I was doing commentary, that's kind of where I'm going with it. What do you think about this match, JR? Well, here's the deal. If, if Jeff Cobb can ground Omega, he's got one big step forward of winning this matchup. If he can't slow it down, he's in trouble. I ground him. He can't knee me in the face, right? Yeah, you better move, <laughs> move. Uh, that uh, I tell you what, I talk to guys that have taken that. It, it it comes back with uh, unique reviews. I don't want to say mixed reviews, but some people uh, have 
anguished about the results of that that V trigger, and while others saw it's it's, it's great, don't hurt, it's fine, but uh, it looks on TV, it's one of the most devastating things I've ever seen a pro wrestler do to another, and, and that's just me. I, it just it, it just really pushes that right button, and uh, the first time I saw it, I said, "Jesus, what the hell did he do? He just killed that guy." So it's a it's a great it's a great move I, I think Jeff and and I'd love to see how you would react to that. Yeah, um, well, I'd prefer not to be hit with that, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, right. You know, I've never been to a uh, Battle of Los Angeles uh, uh, event, PWG event, uh, and I would love to attend that. I've got a lot of friends that go, and I don't know how they get tickets, of bastards, because there's, there's what like three or four hundred tickets available. Right? There's, it's tight. What's the yeah, atmosphere? What, what what's the atmosphere like for you, Jeff? Uh, uh, working there, I, I definitely think PWG is on another level when it comes to the uh, the quote unquote indies. Like they bring in the names of the names of the names of on the indie scene, and it's just it's just like a super card every show. So um, the the fans are rabid; they're crazy. Like some guys are there like hours before, just sitting in line. They were sitting in line drinking uh, for the most part, and they just they sit there, have a great time, and then when the doors open, it, it just gets turned up like by a thousand. Wrestle Kingdom is going to be a huge event as always, January the fourth, I believe, always January fourth, in uh, Tokyo, the, the dome there. This year's main event looks to be Kenny and uh, Tanahashi. There's no reason that match should not defy expectations. You got two of the best in the entire world, maybe in in the recent de- uh, generations. Uh, is that a kind of match that, even on your schedule, even your one of the boys, Jeff, do you find a place to watch it during the during the event? Is it something? Because to me, you don't get a chance to see those kind of matches in that environment very often. So, as a fan, for me, even though I'm in the business, I would like to. I would want to watch that match from bell to bell. Without a doubt, are you gonna? Are those the kind of matches that you watch in the locker room, or, or do you do you just say it's another day at the office? How do you how do you approach that? No, definitely. Um, if if I'm on that card, I'm definitely doing my match, showering or not even showering, and just running out and watching that either from Gorilla or find a spot where I could be out in the crowd and feel the feel the buzz in that in that in that Tokyo Dome. Um, if I'm not on the card, then I'm definitely going to be tuning in at two o'clock in the morning over here and watching it live. Like it, that's definitely a match that I will make a point to stay up and drink some coffee and watch it. Yeah, young. I, I, I'd uh, suggest young wrestlers to watch that. Find a way. Just find a way to watch the whole show, but find a way to watch that match specifically uh, where you've recorded it. And you can go back and refer to it because I think it'll be that good. Uh, your work in Ring of Honor has been uh, noted. Uh, you're a great addition to the roster. Uh, how how has that experience been with you? Because it always seems to me like Ring of Honor, and I said this before, I'm happy to promote them on our show. They're good people there. I've known Joe Coff forever. Uh, and uh, a lot of the guys, I'm for any wrestling promotion to do well because it's got guys like you in it, guys I like. They've got families, girlfriends, significant others, whatever the hell it may be. Uh, it's important. But how has you're the world TV champion? As last I read, uh, getting that done in Las Vegas, we got a home field advantage on September 29th. 
How is uh, how is your Ring of Honor experience, and how much will you be de- devoting of your time, your schedule to Ring of Honor events going forward? At least, what do you think you're going to be devel- uh, devoting? Um, my my time at Ring of Honor has been fantastic. Um, every taping that I've done, every live show, live event I've done, every pay per view that I made an appearance in, I've had a blast. Like all the dudes in the in the back are great. Uh, from the top to the bottom, everybody has just been awesome. Like the, the staff's been cool. Like the Booker's been cool. Uh, Joe Coff's been super nice to me. Uh, it's just been, it's been a great time back there. And, um, I mean, I'll, I'll be with the ring of honor for the foreseeable future. So that's good. It's good to have a home, man. It's good to have a home. And you got the, you're in a really unique situation. So, it's great in my view, and it's, and it's long past due in the business in general, that uh, two companies, such as New Japan and Ring of Honor, are actually uh, cooperating. They're actually cooperating and uh, not letting their egos and their jealousies uh, come between sound business and taking care of the most important commodity, and that's the paying customer. End of story on that deal. So, uh, but they. Do they are they as old school feeling as I get when I watch their product? Now I understand that you're still going to see a lot of acrobatics. You're still going to see a lot of big bumps, super bumps. Uh, you know, bumping on the apron, bumping on the concrete. I'm not a big fan of that because sooner than later it's going to bite somebody in the ass. But nonetheless, it reminds me of a little old school. It reminds me of a little ECW. It reminds me a little bit of the NWA. And I know you weren't old enough to experience all that, but. Is you get that kind of feel from that old school vibe there a little bit? Yeah, they they have a they have a great way of blending the uh, the old school and the new school. Like they they bring it together, and that is what Ring of Honor is. Like it's a, I mean, you get a little bit of everything, and I think like the the old the the quote unquote older school fans would would enjoy the Ring of Honor product, and the new school fans would definitely enjoy the the product as well so I, I i like how they blend everything together i like the talent roster i like the talent roster there and they got some guys that are very loyal solid fundamentally sound my only thing is that i have an emotional investment in a lot of those dudes on that roster and i just don't want to see anybody get hurt so when i say well, they say well jr is passing by folks it's the business is not designed to sl- throw your body on concrete i'm sorry it just isn't as much as you little perverted bastards in your mama's basements may like it it's just not feasible. And you know, my dad told me this one time. He, we were watching wrestling. He didn't like it. He knew I loved it, so he tolerated it as long as I did good grades and got my quote-unquote chores done. Farm boy here. So uh, uh, my dad said, son, you know this is showbiz, right? Oh, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe into disagreeing with the old man. And he said, he said, there's not a man in the world that can let me stand on the second rope and hit him in the face 10 times. It's always 10 times, right square in the face. It didn't bruise my hand. It didn't raise a, it didn't raise a blister. It didn't bloody his nose, didn't chip his teeth, didn't black his eye. There's not even a marking there. It's invisible. And so he said, how do you explain that? I said, well, you know, I've always heard those wrestlers have thick skin. <laughs> I just made it up. I didn't have a clue. He, he caught me. He caught me. I didn't, there's no answer. But here's the thing. He, he, it turned him off from watching the presentation because they got him out of his zone. He, they, they, they cut off the, uh, uh, the disconnect was on the reality side of it. So, you, you know, hitting somebody 10 times in the face should leave some sort of residual effect, right? What do you, what do you, you think so, right? 
but it's not it's not that way and and you see a lot of guys revert back to those, a lot of those old uh, spot show uh, stylings and they do things that are just sensationally unbelievable and so it takes me out of the moment and a guy like you that's what i love about your style you don't do anything overtly fancy you do everything realistic and powerful and i can see how that could really hurt and i that's what you got going for you because you don't have to do high spots to get over i love that yeah i I try not to just for the fact that like i'm never going to defeat gravity so if i jump off the top rope that's uh that's a lot of weight coming down on my body so i I prefer not to do that have you worked with uh, okada yet uh we we had a um the last tour that i did in new japan um we had a we had a run pretty much where we worked uh nine nine days in a row or nine shows in a row and in like multi-man matches so we got we got a chance to touch a little bit I uh, hope that you get a chance sometimes on your Friday nights when you're home to watch uh, New Japan on Access TV. For you folks that don't know about that, it's, uh, I get this all the time. JR, I sure, I sure wish you did wrestling. Sure, wish you still commentated wrestling. That's what I do every Friday night. Where? Well, Access TV, that network you never watch. Usually called HDNet. It's owned by my good friend Mark Cuban, who also owns the Dallas Mavericks. And we carry one hour of. Uh, New Japan Wrestling every Friday night at 8, 7 Central on Access TV. I watch it on DirecTV, by the way, folks, uh, on Channel 340, if you're wondering. Uh, but it's a fun wrestling show. And, man, I have, I've I've gotten hooked on this brand. I really enjoy it. For me, it reminds me of Mid-South a little bit. Mid-South Wrestling, Bill Watts, Junkyard Dog, all those great stars that watched assembled around Dog, who wasn't the greatest star. He was a great star, wasn't a great performer. I mean, that's wrong. He just wasn't a technical wrestler. And, but boy, the, you put the DiBiase's with him and the Buzz Sawyers and all the Matt Bournes and Dick Murdoch's, gosh, all those dudes, they're Hall of Famers. And that's what you don't have right now. As you know, you're going to go in the ring a lot of times, Jeff, and you're not going to wrestle a Hall of Famer. There was a, it's amazing to me. We did this thing on the show called This Week in Wrestling where uh, we talked about these cards from years ago. And if you read the lineup, you hear the names I've mentioned, it's like, God, that was in one territory? Yeah, it was on one house show. It's a, it was a big, there's a talent was deep because the territories kept developing and feeding it. Are you remiss that you weren't uh, able or time-wise uh, that, you, that you didn't have the luxury of going through a, a legitimate uh, territory system to advance your skill set and your game and learn from these other uh, guys? I can, I can see Bill Watts loving you, really, seriously. He loved tough guys. Hence, Doctor Destiny Williams and a lot of those dudes. Yeah, I would. I would have loved to have been back in the territory days. Like hearing some of the guys talk about. It, like I did a car ride with uh, uh, Ricky Morton once, and he was just just about a two hour drive talking about the the old territory days. I'm like, man, that's that must have been a fun time to to be around. So. And then just seeing all the talent, like in each territory, just being able to wrestle new, like, you know, spend time in a territory, go to a new one, just wrestle with new guys, new crowds, new cities, and it, it must have been it must have been a blast. I think uh, you know two things. One on Ricky Morton. Number one, uh, Shawn Michaels became one of the great uh, in-ring psychologists uh, in wrestling. To become arguably at one time the, the biggest star in all of pro wrestling at maybe two hundred and. 200 pounds, give or take 10, 15, you know what I mean? Uh, not, not the biggest dog in the hunt, but he had great psychology, and he's an amazing athlete. But a lot of that, uh, that mental side, the psychology came from riding with the Rock and Roll Express back in the Mid-South days 
which is Sean's first territory. And he got he got a he got he got to sit on Ernie Ladd's learning tree, so to speak, with Ricky and Robert, and they helped him understand what it is he needed to be able to do well to make a lot of money. He learned those lessons, and he did make a lot of money, and he's still wrestling. As a guy that's uh, out there plugging hard, you're working all the time. Does it does it bother you when you see where all, all these so so to speak alumni, these legends, are getting these top bookings? And a show like uh, the, the the recent showdown in Australia, where uh, you know you had the Triple H and the Undertaker, and you had Kane there, and you had Shawn Michaels there. Does that bother younger talents, uh, or, or am I looking at it erroneously? Well, for for me, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I, because based off of that show, like those are those are the draws. I think like those are, that was the top draw going in. So. I don't think it, like, for me, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I look at it as, well, I think I need to step my game up if if these, these uh, quote-unquote older guys are in the main event scene, then, then I'm going to have to step up my game. I can't, I can't sit, in the, sit in the background and bitch and complain. i got to do what I need to do to get there. Absolutely the healthiest attitude you can have. And I hope that those guys that are on the card are getting TV time every week, sometimes multiple times in one show. And they can't understand. They they may be inquisitive regarding why I'm not closing the show in Melbourne, or if they do the uh, if the Saudi show comes about, why am I closing that deal? Uh, well, you know, well because you're not over as much as the guys are going to put in that spot. That's why. Hate to break the news to you. So maybe you want to try something different. Maybe you want to get yourself in better shape or develop a new finisher. Uh, re, you got to keep reinventing yourself. And I think that's sometimes what guys do, and I hope that I, I think it, you understand this thing well enough, Jeff. You can't allow yourself to reside in a comfort zone. You got to change. You got to evolve. Keep your basic thing together, but you still got to evolve and get better at what you do, and but still do the same things. That makes any sense. You're a powerful wrestler, and you're a wrestler. I want to use that, but I want to add little wrinkles to it all the time, to because you're suplexing people is a is a piece of art, man, and you can you can dance with that dance to that one for a long time i think so but you still got evolved i would you would you not agree oh definitely yeah like um like recently i heard this quote that stuck with me for a long time and it's uh pretty much uh like comfort is the enemy of progress and i don't want to be comfortable where i'm at like i want to get better i've always, i always want to improve like i don't want to be happy with being at the top and drawing x amount of people i want to draw 10 times that more people, you know? So I definitely don't want to be as they say, like status quo. I want to be above that. I've always believed, I told the talent test back in my WWE administration days, many, many moons ago that, you know, uh, uh, the comfort zone is like a community. you never want to, you don't want to live in. You can pass through it to, to a better location, but you don't want to live in a comfort zone. No matter if you're, it's in a relationship, your job, uh, your job in wrestling, your job out of wrestling, whatever it may be. Because once you find that comfort zone, you stop getting better. And when you stop getting better, it's like somebody's going to honk the horn because they're just going right past you, man. So it's just the comfort zone's a bad thing, I think. I just, I'm not a big fan of them. If people heard me talk about them here before, but amateur wrestlers or amateur athletes, legitimate amateur athletes, uh, that, compete on a high level world class against world-class athletes oftentimes make the best pro wrestlers because they have a work ethic 
and they're afraid to rely on their laurels because they know they're one count away from losing whatever steam they got. One, one, one ten, one second, you're gone. Well, I, I just think that uh, they fight harder to be better. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that deal, but that, that always, I always take more time in hiring talent that I knew came from a successful athletic program. Uh, and I just thought they would be good for our locker room as well. Do you kind of look at yourself that way where it's a little rah-rah, a little, little, little togetherness, a team effort? Because pro wrestling company's got to be a team. You've got to be a team, man. And I, I see that in your Ring of Honor work. Is that They're certainly a team. It's us against the world type deal. What's Paul Heyman used successfully at, at ECW. But uh, uh, how, do you, how do you look at your role of leadership knowing that you came from an exemplary – uh, uh, athletic background, amateur background. How can you share that experience? How can you share that motivation and that pride to your to your teammates? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't ever label myself as a leader, um, like especially at, like at Ring of Honor because I think you know guys like like Jay Letho who's been there for a while. Like they're like the leaders. They lead by example. Um, I just try to bring like like the things that I've done to be successful. And I try to bring that to bring a different aspect to the game, to, to ring of honor, or to whatever locker room I, I wrestle in and just try to try to bring that attitude. And hopefully, you know, me coming in somewhere can help everybody like gather around that and try to up their game as well. And just, just everybody just get on another level. I think like that's, that's my goal is just to, just to try to, carry my my slack and if anybody else needs help i'm definitely going to be there for them at some point in your life as a pro wrestler there's got to be some curiosity factor about how well would i do in wwe would their system make me better would their system make me more well known would their system help me market my goods and the answer to all those questions yes so do you have any at some point, is that kind of on the radar way out there someplace? Uh, or Because I can't imagine you being talking about this comfort zone thing, uh, you not wanting to be in WWE at some point, or at least be interested in talking about it before uh, uh, your bump card's out. Is that, is that, is that somewhat accurate? You, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I'd never wanted to go there. Um, you know, I've, they, w, well, I'll date myself, but WWF is the reason why I fell in love with pro wrestling. So, like, I'd, I'd be a liar if I just said, no, I never want to go there. Like, I would love to go there. Again, like, that's the ultimate test right there. And I think getting, again, getting out of the comfort zone, going to a huge global company like that would be uh, definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, so, the, if I'm the booker there, uh, that's almost funny to even say. Uh, I would say uh, I got to I got to get Lesnar and Jeff Cobb together. I, I want to see those two bulls hook up because I don't know if it's going to be pretty, but damn sure going to be physical. And I think that's what mesmerizes the audience is the physicality. Uh, but a Brock Lesnar for you, a lot of they got a ton of guys there that you could have great matches with. I think because of your skill set. That's 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 speaking good to you. Uh, they got a lot of talented guys, no doubt about it. But you, you are the guy that could work with a ton of those guys if the opportunity arose, if it was the right timing, 
I'm not saying block what you're doing, but at some point, you know, we all know that this, this dance, the music stops. And I damn sure want to be ahead of the curve when the music stops in my world. And I don't do anything nearly as taxing as you do. Because one bad bump here, one break there, one ACL, back, back, whatever, and, and, and things change. But I can see you having – do you have any guys on mine or guys you know that are there in WWE that you'd like to dance with there at some point in time? Um, I would for, for, I would definitely love to uh, wrestle with Samoa Joe. Uh, I oh, think yeah. that would be a fun time. Um, I get that comparison a lot um, on the independents. Um, I would also like love to wrestle Cesaro. Just I think he's, I think he's like super talented. That's, oh, he, yeah, he's he's just really good, and I would just love to have that that match with him. Strong as an ox, too, man. What an athlete! What an athlete! So I've so I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not wild about. Uh, I think he and Sheamus both are better in singles, not in a tag. And then I thought that uh, making Cesaro somewhat of a uh, trying too hard to make him entertaining. I thought his wrestling was entertaining to me. I, I, but I think wrestling is, is entertaining. And there are some in the wrestling business that believe that the only thing that's entertaining about wrestling is when you make the audience laugh. And I felt the same thing when I go to a comedy show. I don't expect going to a comedy show and, and a little wrestling match break out. Uh, and I don't expect when I go to wrestling to have a, an amateur hour comedy show and expect me to laugh and remember it without rolling my eyes and checking for the weather on the eights. It's not going to happen. So uh, you and Joe would be something that would be a must-see. You, I, I, that would, you must you must see that match. That's a great idea. That's a great idea there, uh, uh, Jeff. I tell you, you and you and Joe, I like it. He's one of my favorite guys too, man. He's a stud. He don't bitch and complain. He's a workhorse. And there's not a territory that I've ever worked in that Samoa Joe would not have been a major star. None. Zero. What's next? What's the next big thing? The ring. You want to be the Ring of Honor champion, the uh, IWGP Heavyweight champion. Uh, what's kind of on your? You know, you got to have goals, right? And you're, you're an athlete. You have goals. So, what's what's your goals, Jeff, for the next uh, in the next year? Let's say. Uh, well, I mean, my immediate goal right now is uh, to to get on the uh, Wrestle Kingdom card. Um, I like to have little small goals along the way, and that is definitely um, on my to do list for this coming this coming year. Um, I mean, right now I'm currently the Ring of Honor television champion, and wow. I'd be lying if I didn't want to have my shot at the uh, Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. So, you know, uh, having that that belt puts me in line. So, I mean, like, what's to say? Uh, what's to stop me from uh, uh, being a dual champion? You know, so uh, yeah. definitely, yeah, definitely uh, the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom, and. Uh, and uh, some some more gold around my waist. Yeah. What about uh, we're closed up here with this because to me it's just a pretty tremendous thing. I tip my hat to uh, Ring of Honor and all their people and uh, and uh, New Japan and everybody involved. I don't leave anybody out. Uh, my good friend Gary Jester, my friend of thirty something years, is uh, uh, working there at uh, Ring of Honor and a lot of other guys I know. What about the Garden next year at WrestleMania weekend? That that's got to be something that I don't know, man. That's that's pretty special. Oh, definitely. Like, every wrestling person knows that the Garden is a wrestling venue. I mean, yeah, the Knicks play there, but whatever. But it's more, I think, 
it's more of a wrestling. I associate the garden with wrestling as opposed to basketball. Like that's that comes second after after wrestling. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I in 2003 I amateur wrestled there uh, at the World Championships. I wrestled amateur wrestled in the garden, and that's that is my second media goal after the Tokyo Dome is to to wrestle to professional wrestle in Madison Square Garden with Ring of Honor in New Japan. Just, if I could do that, man, my uh, my checklist would be pretty darn complete right there. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff, man. Well, then you just make a new list. Oh, so yeah. said, what do you new, what, yeah. what do you do what do you do, Jr. When you you're you're you've been around, you've checked all those boxes. What do you do? I said I just make a new list. I'm not checking out, man. I mean, I'll just make a new list and start checking things, new things. So, uh, but I hope that you I hope you're on that card in uh, uh, that first Saturday in April. It's, it's the WrestleMania weekend uh, in the Garden. A special time. It's a special time for wrestling uh, to see two companies uh, cooperate in the most famous venue in the entire world uh, that you that Jeff Cobb just explained so accurately that is known for wrestling and history. Uh, pro wrestling history is amazing. When, like I said earlier, we do our This Week in Wrestling stuff, and there's never a week goes by that something big 20 years ago or 30 years ago didn't happen at the Garden. It's just historic. It's just that way. And I can tell you from, you know, I've been in the, I've broadcast in there. Uh, I've been involved in in-ring angles there. Uh, nothing ever, and nothing gets old in the Garden. It's a special, just looking up the ceiling, seeing what the ceiling looks like from all those fights and those wrestling events over the years. One of the greatest things as a young fan for me was getting cable and getting uh, and being able to watch uh, wrestling from the Garden or, or maybe it was New England Sports Channel or something like that. But I subscribed to that or on my cable thing so I could watch uh, guard, the Garden wrestling. And that, that ceiling just was so, you know, it's so famous just seeing it. It's like, wow, here we are. So that's a long way from Oklahoma, buddy, for me. And uh, I... I hope you get to experience that in your world now of the pro wrestler. I hope you get to experience that. You'll never forget it if you do, Jeff. I promise you. You'll, no matter who you work with, no matter what the outcome is, don't matter. You'll never forget pulling up there, find your locker room space, getting dressed in that building, and going out and doing your thing. Nothing compares to it. I swear to you. No, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Well, listen, man. Safe travels to you. I appreciate you jumping on with us and. Uh, uh, I just keep. I'm excited about your career and where it's going. Uh, if I had a territory uh, uh, and I was the boss, I would want to hire you because that's uh, you can work. You can do so much. You're durable. You get character. Uh, you're professional, and there's not an overabundance of that in our business nowadays. And I'm not knocking the business. It's you know took me where I am, but uh, you know it's just like, it's like society in general. Some of these millennial guys. Uh, I have a hard time reconciling with because they don't have respect and they don't have any, some of them don't have any character. So, and I, I don't dig that much. So, but you got everything and I hope that you stay healthy and happy. And if I can ever help you, you know, it's just a phone call away. I always enjoy visiting with you. Well, I appreciate that, Jared. Thank you very much for having me on, man. It, it's, this is another bucket list for me. So put another check mark on my list. All right, big man, stay healthy. Uh, enjoy your day. Uh, and if I'm, next time I'm in Vegas, I'll touch base with you, and I'll take you to Andy Amo's Steakhouse in the D Hotel down on Fremont Street. It is absolutely the best steak I've had since in all the years I've been coming to Vegas. Uh, Andy Amo's Italian Steakhouse. And 
I know you're a trainer, but you know, look at me, I'm a fat guy. I could tell you that they have the best meatballs I've ever had outside my wife's kitchen. I swear to God. So <laughs> dinner will be on me, my boy. Dinner will be on all me. Right. So right, I'm gonna hold you to that, man. All right, you got it. No, you, you got it, man. Hey, thanks, Jeff, and uh, have a good day. Stay healthy, buddy. Okay. Thank you, much, Jim. You bet. You know, I really appreciate uh, all you cats uh, rating and subscribing to an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn. Spotify, or wherever you get your Slob Rocker audio, wherever. Uh, we thank you for that. It, it's actually free to subscribe. It helps us a hell of a lot, especially when you give us a five-star rating. Uh, you guys have probably been keeping up with this little thing. Producer Ted started this. It's a good idea. He has a good idea every now and then. The old blind squirrel can find an acorn occasionally. Uh, but we had this goal when we started the show to do by the end of this year, do 1,500, earn 1,500 five-star ratings. Tall order, right? Damn right it's tall order. You know, right now we need 14. 14. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you. And so, uh, like, for example, uh, Karen Phantom says, what a great podcast with good old JR. So many reminders of my childhood growing up with JR and the King on Raw. Very informative and loads of fun with great interviews. Thank you, JR. You rock. See, I almost got into a Casey Kasem thing there for a second. My many reminders of growing up as a kid, I reach for the stars and I pull my diaper off and doo-dooed on my dog. Uh, G. Gale's band says the greatest broadcaster in history has the greatest podcast in history. Wow. Daddy-like. Very fitting and very well done. Thank you, Jim Ross, for everything you do. I kind of like that one. D-Gals Band. Very cool. And finally, the Josh CLT says, always a midweek slobber knocker that I look forward to. And I'll tell you something, buddy. We're going to continue to bring you the midweek sovereign offers for the foreseeable future. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Business is, business is picking up here. Our, 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 our growth every week is exponential. It's a, does that mean a lot? I think it does. Something like it. It's, a, it's soaring. So it's great. Uh, remember to check out the new Westwood One podcast app. All speaking toward a podcast because it kind of clusters them in an area where you can find everything very quickly. And there's it wouldn't matter if, if if we were the only great podcast on this network, but we're not. So uh, check it out. Eighty three weeks with uh, Eric and Connie. Oh, Connie! I think Connie did on his honeymoon. I mean, he did pretty damn good. I got a text from him. Not during the honeymoon, afterwards. Uh, he's a good dude, good man. I hope they, he and uh, his lovely wife will have a wonderful life together. Megan will be wonderful. Connie. Hey, who knows? He may, Connie may be like, uh, he may, we, we may be both on the road to try to lose some weight, live a little longer, dance a little longer. Uh, talk is Jericho. 
Well, uh, again, the King and I'll be on the Talking Jericho coming up. Uh, uh, we're going to take it on the cruise, the Jericho cruise, that is. You know, there may be an obsolete suite or uh, cabin left. I don't know, but if you want to know, it's chrisjerichocruise.com. Last week they had, the last time I checked, they had hardly nothing, but sometimes you get a cancellation or whatever. So if you're still wanting to go, and that's a natural uh, inclination, then check it out. Uh, also, keeping 100 the Conan's on the app, Raven Effect, all kinds of great stuff. Search Westwood One Podcast in the app and Google Play Stores today. Uh, also, I thank you again for the, those of you that uh, contribute comments and questions for our interview suggestions. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's the address. That's all you got to know. That's the only one there is. Uh, Producer Ted does a great job in making sure that these episodes escape every Wednesday. If you follow me on social media at JRSBBQ on Twitter or uh, on Facebook or Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. We send out reminders or notices uh, when uh, our shows are being are posted and, and go live. That's all you got to do. Check it out, baby. Check in. And uh, next week, kids, uh, we're going to have some slobber knocker audio from the high seas on our way or in and around uh, the Bahamas. Should be a lot of fun going to be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to every single moment of it and uh remember i can't accept drinks from everybody but by god i'll try well folks uh thanks again for tuning in seriously uh you guys are the best you make this thing successful you're uh you're the solution to this conundrum of growing a brand and we're doing a great job of it thanks to your loyalty and passing the word that uh, our show comes out Every Wednesday on the from the mighty Westwood One. I should be doing Westwood One football. What's wrong with that? Get some of those ham and eggers off the air. Put JR on, for God's sakes. You can't say that. It's Westwood One. The Holy Grail. Westwood One. Uh I'm proud to be on Westwood One. But I'd love to be doing a little football every now and then. Brother can talk some football now, I'm telling you. Just saying, just saying. So uh, I got to go to the airport here in a little while and get my ass home uh, and continue my week. But I really appreciate you guys traveling along with me. And I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as we have enjoyed bringing it to you. I hope you'll do something good for somebody. It's unexpected. You'll feel better. I promise you. I swear you will. And whatever you do, remember that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So from the rolling hills, no, not rolling hills, from the lovely concrete streets of Culver City, California, reach to the stars and go have another Moscow Mule. I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, see you next week. So long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network's OP Radio with special guest Shane McMahon talking wrestling and crash landing in a helicopter. And then I see the pilot freak out and all of a sudden he hits the call button, Mayday, Mayday. Wow. We're going into the Atlantic. But I reached over and was like, seatbelt. <laughs> with your host, Greg Hughes. I was in a mini bike accident when I was 12. Oh, mini bike, nice. OP Radio. Download free wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.